Hallelujah. I want to speak to our students. Students, I know that you have just come through a time of prayer. I feel compelled to call your attention to the parable of the sower. I'm going to do it very quickly. Each of the synoptic gospels record the parable of the sower, but Luke 8 and 7 talks about the seed that fell among the thorns. And in Luke 8 and verse 7, it says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it. It reveals something about the seed that fell among the thorns. The thorns couldn't have sprung up with it unless the seed itself had sprung up. And this delineates the seed that fell among the thorns. Hear me, college students, between the seed that fell on the wayside and in the stony place because that seed did not spring up, but the seed that fell among the thorns did spring up. So if I could elaborate for just just one moment, that seed was rooted and that seed was established. But the scripture says when we look to the word of God, again in verse 14, that that which fell among the thorns are they which they have heard, when they have heard the word go forth and they are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. I want every student under the sound of my voice to say this life. We often preach that the stony ground and the wayside and the thorny ground, that that's all just discard eligible. We're always talking about the good ground. But I want to to be a watchman here today for our college students and call your attention to the stony ground because you are in this place. You have sprung up. You are rooted and you are established. But, yes, but, cares of this life can wrap a stronghold around you. It's, it's, a, it's a specific kind of stronghold. It's a chokehold that you would be not fruitful. So, Brother Brian, what are you saying? What's the admonishment? This is the admonishment. <laughs> Don't let the cares of this life guide you, but let the cares of that life guide you. There is a life that is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus shall return. We have a hope of resurrection. And what is down here will pass away, but what is there will be forever. So sow liberally and receive the seed liberally and let the perpetuity be in you, even the word of God, and be blessed. Somebody say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. There is such a sweet presence of the Lord that is in this place, and we're going to transition to a time of ministering the Word. And I feel the presence of the Lord so real, and I'm humbled in this moment to stand before you. If you don't feel it, the old preachers used to say, your wood's wet, because the fire is here, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, I say it, and it has a tone of jest, but I grieve for you in the same time because the Lord is doing a mighty work in our midst. And I want to express gratitude to this great church, Grace Point Church, brother and sister Sizemore, and this family, and all of you that are part of this assembly. You have blessed the tree of life in ways that only eternity will tell. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we thank God for you. We thank God for you. The apostle said he made mention of you in his prayers. We make mention of you in our prayers, and we pray that the Lord God bless you real good. Amen. And I want to honor my pastor and all of our pastoral team from Tree of Life and all of the ministry from Grace Point Church. I was thinking, and I probably shouldn't have because it put a little quiver in me, but I don't know that I've had to preach in front of these pillars before. And so, Lord Jesus, be a fence all around me, I pray. Hallelujah. And may he establish his word in my mouth. I want to, I want to honor family. A lot, of, a lot of people think that when ministers get up and start honoring everybody, it's formality. Well, 
I honor family not out of formality, but because it is the first institution in this word. And it's important to God. And next, next month, I'll celebrate 25 years with my wife. The wife of my youth. Hallelujah. And I honor her. And uh, if y'all don't believe in miracles, I just shared one with you. Hallelujah. 25 years. Hallelujah. And I honor my daughter, Brooklyn, who's going to college. My son, Kedrick, who is away. My baby girl, Braylon, who will join us here shortly. My mother, father, in-laws, and the family of Christ. And the family of Christ. I want to also uh, call everyone's attention to Pastor Negron is with us here this morning from Germany over here with the Enuses. They know a two or thing about Germany, a thing or two or a two or thing. And um, we appreciate them being with us here as we are celebrating at the Tree of Life Church in Arbol de Vida. That's Spanish for Tree of Life for those of you keeping score. And we are celebrating our third anniversary. God is doing amazing things. Uh, Pastor Pagan has ministered. We're just very thankful for what the Lord is doing. I'm aware that you've been standing, and Paul said, stand therefore. Hallelujah. Um, I'd like to lift a portion of text from the book of Mark, the third division today. This is an account recorded very similarly, like, like the parable of the sower in each of the synoptic gospels. Jesus has been accused of the scribes and Pharisees here, as we look at our text, of casting out devils by the power of the devil. So when you just have run out of things to say, much like every commentator and voice in media today, you just start speaking absurdities. <laughs> and so that's what scribes and the scribes and Pharisees are doing. They're saying, this is a devil who cast out devils. Makes perfect sense. Okay. He's a devil on our side, I guess, right? So Jesus responds to this charge with two very powerful truths, and they are universal truths. One we're very familiar with. We reference it often. That is a house or a kingdom divided against itself. It cannot stand. And so we talk about that with sports teams and in corporate America, and we, we apply this truth universally. The second truth that we're going to look at is slightly less popular, but it is nonetheless a universal truth. So we're going to pick up in Mark, the third division, at verse 27. The scripture says this, Jesus speaking, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. Now, I'm, I'm just going to stop right there, and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We're going to talk about the spirit man this morning. That, that's what we're here to do. And if the spirit man is strong, what the scripture is saying is nothing can spoil his house. And then here comes the asterisk. Except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. A moment ago, I, I, I mentioned stronghold, and then I mentioned a chokehold as a form of a stronghold. See, when the, when the strong man is bound, when he's rendered helpless, you can take whatever you want from him. My God. Ephesians, the sixth division. I love the finalies of Paul's writings. There's five different books that he has a finally in. I should write a book about the five finalies. I need to do that. And... Uh, in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, we find the Ephesians finally. You all know this one. Finally, my brethren, be strong <laughs> in the Lord mm, and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul will go on and he'll talk about the armor of God. And it, it's fitting that he should because when we look at this text of Jesus' exchange with the scribes and Pharisees, as recorded in Luke, the scripture says, When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. What kind of armor are we talking about, Jesus? Jesus said, put a pin in it. Paul will tell you later. He'll bring you a story about the armor of God and how you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. My Lord and my God. 
the last number of weeks, we have laid to rest some powerful figures of Pentecost. And my uh, grandmother-in-law, Sister Sizemore, and Brother Anthony Trimble, just uh, about a week ago. And as I reflected upon the lives that they lived, there was a word that came to me. And I just want to lift my title from Ephesians this morning. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, be strong in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, we don't take it for granted, Lord. We know that we're your children, the ones that you love. And we thank you, God for all of your many blessings. This word that you've given us is life. And I pray today that it would be in my mouth, unadulterated and pure, that it would go forth, that it would edify, that it would increase faith. Lord, I pray that you would animate me, not by any human antic, God, but by the anointing of Jesus Christ. And give every hearer ears to hear, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you'll agree with me, say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Someone say a strong man's house. Now, let me just get it out there because it is 2021. When I say man, I do mean mankind. I do mean the species. I do mean male. I do mean female. I, I, I do mean the aged and the middle aged. And I do mean the coming of age. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a multicultural word, a multi-generational word today. And this word is universal. It is for you if you are under the sound of my voice. The psalmist asserts, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. Abraham. Abraham, this hero of the faith, the father of the faith even, he went looking for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. So we, we see this theme, and it's not loose. It's very obvious if we'll, if we'll pay attention that there is a builder and a maker of the city who lays foundations and who establishes the house of strong men, and that is none other than our God. But when we talk about Abraham, we could talk about so many strong in Scripture. We'll sideline sideline them for just a moment. Abraham's house bore the spoil of a strong man's house. That is to say that his house was fruitful, so much that we refer to him again as the father of the faith. Did he have hardship? Sure, he had hardship. Was there reward? Absolutely there was reward. So I want to I want to fly over, drive by just a moment. This this idea of a spiritual house. How many will go with me? Will you go with me? I want to just talk about a spiritual house because it's akin to a physical structure, but the spiritual house is not confined like a physical structure is. So I can be here, or I can be at work, or I can be at home, or I can be in the marketplace, and I don't ever have to leave the spiritual house. Well, it's important that we understand this today because I'm building a foundation for just a moment. We're going to talk about being strong in the Lord, and the spiritual house plays a key role in this. So walk with me. A spiritual house, much like a physical house, it has rooms in it. Somebody say there's rooms in it. See, there's, there's a living room in the spiritual house. And in the living room of my house, it's a place of pastime. And it's a place of conversation. And it's a place of entertainment. And, and I want to submit to you today that in our spiritual house, the pastime and the entertainment and the, and the conversation, if you will, will either be established by, provided by, and flowing from God or it will come from some other fallen source. And, and, and in the spiritual house, there's a spiritual kitchen. I don't know about your kitchen, but my wife, she can throw down. I'm telling you, my kitchen is where sustenance is found. There is an aroma that fills the kitchen in my house. And you know what? Needful provision is found in the, in the kitchen of my home. And, and here's the thing about the spiritual kitchen. It's where sustenance is found, and there's a certain aroma that will, my God, there's a certain presence of the Lord that will fill that kitchen. There's a certain water for 
thirst and bread for hunger that you'll find in the spiritual kitchen. And and it's either going to come from God or your sustenance is going to come from some other carnal source. Now, there's a bedroom in my house. And, and this is where rest and revival and restoration come from. And we'll just adult for a minute and we'll say this is also where intimacy and, and where, where procreation are realized. And these are either going to be established by, my God, provided by, flowing from our Lord and our God. Or they will be tainted by some other source. It's important that we just let the word settle here for a minute. Because if we're going to be strong men and women and students, our house cannot be spoiled. Our house cannot be spoiled. You see, the strong man's house is blessed. It's blessed because to be strong in the Lord is to live a life that is animated by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. See, the strong man's house is a reflection of the truth that in him we live and in him we move and in him we have our being. See, he is the strong man's dwelling. You say, Brian, that's a little, that's a little abstract. Well, well, let me let me push on just for a moment. It's a house where the children, the scripture says, rise up and they call mama blessed. That, that's the strong man's house. It's a, it's a house where the husband praises his wife, and it's a house where the wife honors and blesses the husband. I'm talking about a strong man's house. I'm talking about a house that is a picture of Ephesians 5. It's the mystery of the church and Jesus Christ, the husbandmen, and Proverbs 5 that says, with fountains dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the street. See, that's how things flow in a Proverbs 5 house. This is a house where the children are like olive shoots around the table. Now that's abstract. I don't know about olive shoots around my table. I remember, I remember back in the day, there was some movie about a little boy who grew leaves or something. Timothy Green, I think it was. What are we talking about? I'm talking about in the strong man's house, there is blessings, blessings, blessings at the table, manifestations and perpetuity of anointing in the father, the mother, and unto the children. I'm describing a strong man's house. Now, now we're in a hot market right now for real estate. Do y'all know that? making mortgage brokers rich. I'm talking about a hot market. How many want this house? I I'm telling you right now, I will, I will sell my goods to live in this house. I said, I will consecrate some things to live in this house. I, I, it may take a relocation, but I want to live in a strong man's house. I don't want anything to be spoiled. I don't want anything to be tainted. I want the favor and the blessing of God upon my life. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a house filled with peace and with provision and with prosperity, not just materially, but spiritually. Hallelujah. Prosperity and power of the Holy Ghost. Prosperity in patience and in godliness, mental, physical, and emotional health. When your living room and your kitchen and your bedroom are in him, you're living in a strong man's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not a house built on the sand. This is not a house that'll topple when the winds of some crazy doctrine comes. No, 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 no. This is a house that is built on the rock. This is a man that is hidden in the cleft of the same. Inside the dwelling place of God, that name of Jesus, the righteous, run into and are saved. A strong tower. 
And don't make me testify to you about where my help comes from. <laughs> my help cometh from the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 My help cometh from the Lord. He is my light and my salvation. Hallelujah. Whom shall I fear? He is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is a shield round about me. He is my glory. He is the lifter up of my head. He is my hiding place. He provides me shelter and strength. He encompasses me round about with songs of deliverance. You want to know what music is playing in the strong man's house? It's the music of an almighty God compassing him about with testimonies of deliverance and of provision and of protection. Hallelujah. It's a strong man's house. Hallelujah. My Lord. Hallelujah. My God. Let, 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 let me say this. Don't you know the world wants some of that? The Bible reveals that there are those that oppose themselves. They don't know what's good for them. Our, our little Boston Terrier's got an ear infection. Mom is trying to hold her down and flush that ear out. Squirming, kicking. Hey, you, you know what I'm saying. This is what we do. When the truth confronts us, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. I want the strong man's house, but don't, don't. The world opposes itself, but, but I'm here to tell you. They want the fruit that is born by the church of the living God. The spoil of a strong man's house is every man's desire. Every man's desire. And if you are the enemy of God, a strong man's house is worth spoiling. Now think about it. You get out in front, you can guarantee there's a crosshair on your back. Yeah. Johnny do nothing is probably going to make it okay. Yeah. But if you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, that strength did not come without battle, and it will not be preserved without battle. And so there is a spoiler. Somebody say the spoiler. Look at your neighbor, get your eyebrows up and say, spoiler alert. Yeah. So, so the lion, he roars, he walks about, seeking whom he may devour. What can he bind. Where's a strong man with a chink in his armor, so to speak? What can I spoil? The Bible says that the devil is a liar. The truth is not in him. He is the father of lies. I mean, I don't know how much more clear the scripture can get. It's like if you hear something and it's from him, you are hearing a lie. You say, but it sounded good. Then it was a good sounding lie. Here's the thing. He's a sly old fox. When I was a kid, we used to sing, if I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. I don't want to catch him. I don't want to be near him. I don't want to have nothing to do with him. I want to be so buried in Jesus' name that the devil can't touch me and live in a strong man's house. Hallelujah. My Lord. But the devil will levy the stronghold on a strong man if he can. This is why we're charged to be sober and to be diligent, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, that we will stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and not be entangled, or can I say bound, again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. But here's the thing, as I survey the landscape today, I'm just going to be honest. I think the preacher probably should. I see strong men bound. I see strong men bound. Samson, strong, anointed of the Lord. He's got a creed. He's got promise on his life, Brother Galbraith. 
I mean, people elbowing each other when he walks into the marketplace. There's a countenance that he has that just fills every, every corner of the room. He was animated by the Spirit of the Lord. But here comes a voice. You all have heard this voice. Sammy. Yeah. You know? And the next thing you know, here goes Samson. Hey, Mom, Dad, yo, I met this girl, you know? And uh, she volunteers in the Valley of Solek, you know, and uh, she's, really, she's really sweet. She's going to college, get a degree and stuff, you know, and political relations, I think, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Where, where'd you say she volunteers at, son? Oh, down in uh, the valley, you know. Isn't that, isn't that a Philistine village you're talking about? Yeah, but, Dad, you know, don't be old school because, you know, the new Philistines, they're not like the old Philistines. You know, they're, they're way more chill. They're open. Spoiler alert. See, <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to heed the word of God today for just a moment. Don't be unequally yoked. Come on, don't be unequally yoked. It'll spoil your house. It will spoil your house. Don't fraternize with the enemy. Don't go on long strolls with the enemy of your soul. That same old devil was a liar in the garden. He's a liar right now. You need to walk uprightly before God and men because you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. My Lord, I'm looking at the time. Somebody, somebody must have changed it. Y'all fast forward the time on me. What, what is going on? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach for just a second. Proverbs, the 18th division. This is a subtle one. Why, why are you going to go with a subtle spoiler alert, Brian? Well, because uh, Solomon said, and he was pretty wise from what I hear, that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the, it's the little things, see? And in, in Proverbs, the 18th division, we find in verse 20 this, this little truth that says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, now that's a lot. That's kind of King James-ish, and it's, it's intense, so I'm going to break it down. My belly and my being is going to be filled with the fruit of my mouth. That is, whatever I say is what I'm going to be filled with. I'm going to ingest whatever the words and declarations are on my lips. This could be a problematic if you're trying to walk in victory because there's a lot of people talking a lot of smack that ain't life. It's not goodness. It's not testimony. It's destruction and it's death. And I'm telling you, I don't want my being filled with that, but I want my being filled with life and that more abundantly. Woo! So the... The writer of Proverbs goes on to say, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love what? They that love to yak. They that love it. The tongue. They love to tell you something, something. My wife's looking at me like, you're talking all the time. Well, I'm going to talk life, baby. They're going to eat the fruit thereof. See, some houses are spoiled today, my God, because the fruit of our language is rotten. It's rotten. And so we're prophesying to our children, and we're telling them they're not going to make it, and that they're no good, and guess what? Our bellies are filled with the results of that prophecy. We tell our co-workers what Fauci said in the CDC and all of the economic woe and the turmoil and the racism and the hatred and we're yakking about it and it's poison in our belly. 
And it's ruining the strong man's house. Somebody needs to open their mouth and speak life. And say, you want to know what diversity looks like? Look around. You want to know what holiness looks like? Declare the wonders of God. I am holding my body. He vitalizes me. He quickens my mortal body and gives me strength. We've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. Somebody say strong in the Lord. I know, I know I've got to hasten on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out a few spoilers here. You know what the watchman did in Old Town? He stood up on the wall and he said, spoiler. Yeah, that's what he did. They said, are we safe? He said, no, I see an enemy. He's on his way. They're armed to the teeth. Man yourselves for battle. Come on. So, so, so whether I evangelize or prophesy or whatever, we're gonna, I'm going to be the watchman for just a quick moment here. Just a quick moment. We've got to be careful about our patterns, careful about our habits, careful about our cycles. See, Samson had a habit. <laughs> he just couldn't stay away from Delilah. Israel had a habit. They couldn't stay away from idols. Constantly engaged in idolatry. Go from victory to, well, she's pretty all. Come on in and bring your gods with you. To bondage. God sends a deliverer. All the idols out the house. Things are looking pretty good. Hey, what's this over here? Let's worship that for a minute, right? It was a pattern. It was a cycle. Hear me today. Patterns and habits and cycles will either erode or establish God's plan in your life. They're either eroding it or they're establishing it, one or the other. Everything that we do is either eroding God's plan or it's establishing God's plan. We're either rolling rocks in front of God saying, Lord, use me, but I'm still going to be who I'm going to be. Or we're saying, Lord, use me, find me on the altar, consume me because I know you're a consuming fire. And I'm not, I'm not esteeming a work uh, a doctrine of works today, please don't get me wrong. But I am compelled to remind us that whatsoever we sow, that shall we reap. If we sow to the flesh, spoiler alert, we'll reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit, hallelujah, we'll reap life and that life everlasting. I don't think it means life everlasting, future tense. I think it means life right now. And guess what? Then too, life everlasting, hallelujah. But, 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 but here's the thing. The American church has become seriously numb to the sin of idolatry. I'm talking about numb to the sin of idolatry. Now, now this ain't going to sit well with you, but it's the truth anyhow. We're so numb to the sin of idolatry that a secular media rife with every antichrist spirit can produce a hit program in primetime TV and call it idolatry, and we'll still revel in it. Moving right along. Okay. Somebody say the love of mammon. The love of mammon, that spirit that loves mammon, it will bind the strong man. See, the love of mammon is a spirit of possessions and greed, of brand name, and it's propagated through the genius of marketing. Don't you know what a brand is, church? Let me tell you what a brand is. A brand is a symbol of bondage and of ownership. It's designated for slaves and it's designated for livestock. And somehow the genius of our society has turned it into something that American culture makes their goal and that they clamber after. I, what? What? See, I lost some of you at the turn. But this is what's happening. It is a spirit that comes from the love of mammon. And it causes us to take the very provision, Brother Jordan, that God gave us and exchange it to put a name on our lives that eclipses the name of Jesus and robs him of glory. And I'm here to tell the church, it will bind the strong man. You say, Brian, you're getting really harsh. Like, I, what, what organization are you with? No, 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 no. Hear me today. 
Don't lose the vision and the testimony of the strong man's house because I just don't want to see it spoiled. That's all. I want, I want Grace Point to be a place that is established by the strong man's house. See, because here's what's happening in the strong man's house. The Spirit of the Lord will come into the strong man's house and it will hewn out lively stones and it will take from that house and it will build up a house that the Lord dwells in. See, I didn't get to it before, but this is the way this works. Holy Ghost. Here's the way this works. When I build my house in him, he builds his house in me. This is the essence of abide in me and I will abide in you. So if you're strong in the Lord, then he will be strong in you. Woo. My Lord and my God, my Lord, the spirit of Baal, my God, is in the earth. The spirit of power and of pride and of self-reliance and my career and my schedules and my degrees are somehow tied to my worth. You got it all backwards. It's all for his glory. That's the only reason you've got it. I hear the disciple groan in his spirit and say, I must decrease. He must increase. My Lord, the spirit behind pleasure in the earth. It's born. It's that same old spirit. Asherah, Ashtaroth, the Old Testament. Same old spirit of sensuality. And I hear the apostle pleading with the church. Please, please, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Don't even put it in your sight. Run from it. I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong. Don't let the enemy start lassoing you up and binding you, putting you in a chokehold. But be strong in the Lord. So we've come here this morning. 1220, time is gone. What's new? I've got the mic. Hallelujah. And it's back to school Sunday. Some of you feel like your houses have been spoiled. Some of you do. Others of you, you feel the pressure. You know that you've got something going on that's worth spoiling and you're feeling the pressure. I stopped by to tell you, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of his might. And, and, and let, me, let me go further and say you can. Let, let me even prophesy and say you are strong in the Lord. You are stronger than you believe. Hey, the battle ain't over. The battle ain't over just because you got hit. It ain't over till you quit hitting back. Come on. And here's the way this battle works. It's a tag team match. All you've got to do is reach over and touch the Savior who has all power in his arm. Glory to God. And he will save you. He will rescue you. He will endure you with power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to provoke you in love to good works today. Now, Peter, Peter comes up to the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. I'm slinging water bottles. Hallelujah. And, and he says, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. What do you mean? I thought you were a strong man. Moving right along. And he says, here's what I got. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. <laughs> now, I want you to pay attention to what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, as Peter is defending this miracle, he says, his name that is Jesus' name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. Now, this is just one example because, you know, time is gone. But the formula has not changed, church. If you're going to be strong in the Lord, it's going to be by his name through faith in his name. It's going to be by his name in the waters of baptism. It's going to be his name written upon your life. It's going to be his name in everything that you do being glorified. That's what makes us strong in the Lord. We talked about patterns and cycles. And, you know, I asked, is Jeff here? Jeff and Aisha, y'all here? Jeff and I wave a hand. Jeff, Aisha, nope, nope, God bless Jeff and Aisha. I, he was at men's prayer, so whether he's here or not, he was at men's prayer. And, and here's the thing, Jeff's a dude, like, he's strong, he's strong. And I asked Jeff, I said, Jeff, ooh, he dropped some truth bombs on me, and he didn't even know he was doing it. I said, Jeff, man, you, you don't look like me. 
I got SpongeBob arms, and you got like some serious stuff going on here. And I said, look, when you do your arm workout, I'm just curious. I just want to know, like an arm workout, how many reps do you do? And, and he was like, well, I'm not really working out like I used to. He was like, you know, I noticed. He said, I noticed when I was at the gym, I was getting, I was getting kind of big, and it wasn't really healthy spiritually for me. I'm not going to elaborate on what he said. But young people headed to college, you put that on simmer. Hallelujah. He's trying, to, he's trying to live in a strong man's house. That's, that's what he's doing. And so Jeff said, well, during warm-ups, I do about 100 reps, and then about six to 800 after. I said, no, Jeff, I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, just your arms. I, I'm not, I don't mean, like, for the month of May, you know. And he's like, and he said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just, just arms. Will you be my friend? You know. What, what am I saying? I'm saying there's power in your repetition. You've got to make it to the house of God. You've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to open up the word and receive your daily bread. Hallelujah. We're talking about a strong man's house. You want to pour a footer that you can build a house on. You've got to spend time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Look, look, look. I, I, I see a lot of people's houses spoiled. I know, I know, Brother, Brother Sizemore, I ain't coming back. I know. But here's the thing. A lot of people's houses get spoiled because they're hung up on things. They're hung up on what they heard on the news. They're hung up on what their co-worker said. They're hung up on that little piece of scripture that they don't understand. Like all of a sudden they should have all the wisdom and knowledge of God. Let me tell you something. Old Johnny James, y'all remember him? He said he was hung up for your hang up. Don't be hung up. Don't be hung up. Concentrate on whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are lovely. Oh, if there's anything that's of a good report, if there's anything virtuous, if I can find something praiseworthy, that's where my mind's going to be. I ain't coming in giving my spouse the stink. I know I'm living in a strong man's house and I have faith that God is working in her just like he's working in me. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and in the power of his might. Y'all know David was strong. David was a strong man. He had mighty men. He was stronger than the mighty men. And you know what? David had a six-pack. And you all, I'm about to get capital corn, but I'm telling you right here, he had a six-pack. You know what a six-pack was? The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. I'm talking about he knew what it was like to be strong because he just went back to that place right at the top. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What's his law, Brother Brian? His law, the law is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only, him only, him only shalt thou serve. You know, I was thinking about this whole debate between oneness and trinity. All it is is a distraction. That's all it is. If you can get wrapped up in the nuances of this scripture and that scripture and they can trap you, then you'll forget this, that there's only one Lord. That means this. That means this. I don't have to be worried about whoever else is assailing me because there's only one Lord. That means this. If I've got glory to give, it only goes one place because there's only one Lord. That means this, that in him I live and move and have my being. I dwell in him. He animates me. There's only one Lord. Woo. My God. So musicians, save me. Somebody come up here. Hallelujah. My Lord. My God. David would go on to say, David would go on to say, mm, he would go on to say, and it's recorded in 2 Samuel, a song of deliverance and songs. He teacheth my hands to war. Strong man knows about battle. He said that, that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. A bow of steel. How are you breaking steel, David? 
he's like, look, I never seen a bow of steel. I never met an enemy with a bow of steel, but I can say a bow of steel because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He can say I'm a strong man. It doesn't really matter. He has already anointed me. He has made my hands for war, and he's given me the shield of his salvation. <laughs> and his right hand holds me up. And his gentleness hath made me great. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Somebody tell your neighbor, be strong in the Lord. Come on, say, be strong in college. Be strong in the marketplace, my Lord and my God. Be strong in your habits and your patterns and your cycles. Be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what, church? We got we to gotta get to a place where we're, where we're okay calling out the spoiler. Man, I am so sick and tired of the spoiler being off limits. What is that garbage about? If there's things that are going to wreck your home, please let me. Please let me come in love and say, bro, God wants you to be a strong man. Please let me tell you the truth. Please let me save you. Hallelujah. I, I, I know we've got an agenda. We've got primary students that, that are waiting in the wings. We're going to pray over them, but I'm going to tell you what they need as much as our prayers. They need to see a church that will stand on their feet and begin to worship God in this house right now. Somebody stand in this place and let's receive the word. They need a church that is strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what they need. That's what they need. Here's the truth of the matter. I said it from the very onset. The spiritual house is everywhere. I don't want to diminish the consecration that happens at this physical altar. But I can promise you, Brother Jamie, am I telling the truth? It's the consecration that happens tomorrow that matters as, as much, if not more. It's the consecration on Tuesday and Wednesday. Hallelujah. Come on, we've got to seek and save that which is lost. And we can't do it in this edifice alone. The Spirit of the Lord must animate His church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and have our students come. I wonder as we get into a time of prayer, if you would just raise your hands across this building and receive this word in your heart. Father, I know what you desire, that I be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. God, we see a world that is spoiled, God, a world that is in such desperate need of you. And we know it's not your desire for the church, God. So I pray, give us understanding and empower us to stand. I plead the blood over every spouse, every wife and every husband, every mother, every father, every sibling, every boy, every girl, over our shut-ins and the singles, Lord. And God, I pray right now the strength and power of the Holy Ghost move upon your children. In Jesus' name. Look at this, church. Look at this. Oh, God. Are these souls worth preserving? I need somebody to, I need somebody to declare it. We're sending our children into a world that opposes their own science. They don't even believe in their own biology anymore. You say, oh, now here comes a part where the preacher trashes the education system. They're doing a fine job. I don't have to say a word. Here's the thing, guys. The church has to cover these children in prayer. That promise that we sang, that his mercy go before. Amen. We're going to pray it here together. I need parents. I want you parents to come in. You say it's going to get crowded. Yes, it is. Just like heaven. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's gather up around our children. Ministers, I want you to come lay hands on these children as close as you can. We're going to plead the blood shed at Calvary over their minds, over their imaginations. Hallelujah over every distraction. 
I need someone to pray in the Holy Ghost with me as we begin to intercede over our children. Hallelujah. This is a precious time of consecration. Parent, if you dedicated your child to the Lord when they were an infant, I want you to raise your voice in the next few moments and remind God, tell Him you're bringing them back to Him and that they are consecrated to Him and they are His. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Let's raise our voices right now. Father God, I pray over every child. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that they would grow in wisdom, Lord, even as they grow in stature, that they would grow in the favor of God. We pray a hedge of protection over them. Lord, protect their souls. Lord, protect their spirits. Protect their physical bodies. I command every spirit of abuse and every spirit of the enemy and deception and of lies to be cut off in their hearing. They would be made safe, Lord. They would be hidden, hidden in the secret place of you. I'm filled with the anointing. Every playground, every, every elementary school that's represented here. My cup's overflowing. Holy Ghost anointing, prosperity and blessing. In the no name of Jesus, can harm out right me. now. Gentry, the Lord's filling you right now. Go ahead, young person. Oh, 